three. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. This is Y'all, y'all heard. heard. A podcast where me, Marissa Phillips. And me, Pete Phillips. Are not related. It doesn't matter if it's winter, spring, summer, or fall. No season are we ever related to it. At all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a show uh, where two friends in a retirement home catch up with one another over some lime jello. And we share things with you that we've learned this week because as retirees, we still never stop learning. I worked hard for my money, so there better at least be whipped cream on that jello. I would oh, say of course, that. yeah. In other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Pete. And every I, time, sorry, every time somebody comes to serve it, you go, can I have another duty dollop of whipped cream? <laughs> I like it. Chocolate <laughs> whipped cream? Yeah, that sounds gross, though. Oh, I mean, that'd be On perfect. lime? Dollop, but... Oh, no, 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 on lime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about hot chocolate with a duty dollop, but anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, how are you? I haven't talked to you in a bit. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty good. Okay. I was off work last week, so that helps a lot. It was magical. Thank you, dear listeners, for dealing with our Easter egg episode. Hopefully that wasn't painful for you, but... <laughs> But we did have some feedback on the previous episode before that one came out. Please know that we did not skip it on purpose. We just uh, we're recording too and getting them out there. So um, yeah, so in the future maybe we'll do some more short episodes when things are taking up life. But it was nice just not being at work. It makes such a big difference. And (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I bet. But it's funny because my mom was like, you need to quit your job. You, my mom, listeners, my mom wants me to quit my job and move back home. And she I think it's... She doesn't just tell Pete. She tells me often in emails. <laughs> I think it's just because, like, like, I realize this makes me sound like a, like a, I guess I'm just going to say like a weirdo, but, <laughs> mm-hmm. but like... When my mom and hang, when my mom and I hang out, it's just like we're buddies. It's not like you know, well, that's sweet, annoying or anything like that. But then sometimes I'm like, actually, she said if I move home, she would move out of the house. Oh wow! <laughs> I guess because she doesn't want me to be the forty year old guy who's living with his mom. Oh. But also, I'm like, you're just gonna leave all your shit behind. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was nice. Um. For Easter, I ate ham. I don't like ham, but I ate ham, and it was it was actually pretty good this year. Pete, why do you think... I don't know if... I guess Christians only celebrate Easter anyway. Aaron, my boyfriend, who is like... He's, he's not an atheist. He's just like... He's just nothing. But he's, he's religion... He's religion curious. Okay. Goes, why do all Christians eat ham on Easter? And I said, I don't know. Do you know? No, I don't. Okay. I find it more troubling when people eat lamb on Easter because, like, the lamb. Oh, yeah. Like, you're like, isn't the lamb supposed to be like Jesus? <laughs> yeah. And the ham, I just, it looks, the color seems to fit the holiday. And, But, yeah, I wonder if it has anything to do with, is it just, like, <laughs> like pushing back against Judaism and... <laughs> like, oh, man. I, I don't know. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. Is there a reason why we eat whatever on Christmas and whatever on? Thank. Well, no. I. 
No, really. Yeah. Why do we eat turkey on Thanksgiving? <laughs> what do you say? Yeah, why do we eat turkey on Thanksgiving? <laughs> Didn't they eat not turkey? Yeah, I'm sorry. The opposite is turkey. It's not turkey. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's probably like pheasants. Opposite of turkey is actually dragon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then ultimately, I fell down on Easter Day, and sprained my ankle, and it is big and colorful right now. <laughs> Oof, that sucks. Um, and here's the thing. Yes, I was drinking, but that's <laughs> not why I fell down. <laughs> it's okay. I sprained my ankle in the snow once, and me and my brother were having a good time, and he pushed me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I was in one of those situations where, because I was drinking, I, like, took the fall better. Oh, not yeah, you loosened up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it could be worse, but... Yeah, I hope you feel better. Yeah, it's just it's just annoying, and you know when you sit at work all day with your feet down, it's just like, oh cool, so these bruises are getting darker and brighter and more vivid. (laughs) If you want to send Pete a get well soon card or gift, DM me. I'll send you his address without him knowing. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Marissa? What did you do with your? Time off besides watch terrible TV shows. <laughs> I mean, I don't have any time off for Easter. I will let that be known. Uh, we work it on Friday and everything. Yeah. And then you were you were writing to me on Monday, and I was like, "Poor Marissa, isn't she off today? Like, she nope. must be bored. Why is she talking to me?" I was <laughs> not like never- Marissa only talks to me when she's bored. But I was <laughs> like, I was like, she should be out having fun today because it's a day off. She should be sleeping until like. Two, you know, two in the afternoon or something. Yeah, no, I was, oh yeah, I definitely was sleeping two in the afternoon. I was never off. Uh, I went to a wedding on Saturday, so I wasn't able to go home. Um, let me just be real with y'all. I feel like sometimes I can hide it, or maybe I'm just weird enough that you wouldn't notice, which makes me a little sad. <laughs> but uh, I've been having a time. Did I start drinking before the podcast, which I normally try not to do? Yes. Okay. I, did I drink very heavily? No, but I had two two glasses of wine. Okay, I don't think I said it on the podcast. I am on the verge of a major life change. Um, I am fairly soon going to be moving with my boyfriend to Hershey, and and then we're gonna hear like I'm, like birds chirping in the background instead of <laughs> like bus horns and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um. But that's not why I'm drinking. That would be sad if that's why I was drinking. <laughs> um, no. Um, so we waited a little bit too long to get an apartment. Uh, if you're not familiar with Hershey, it's not a bustling place. And we're moving somewhere near a hospital. But I think all the residents and like mm-hmm. like got all the good apartments. Oh. There was one good apartment, which I was going to send you, Pete. But then I was like, I don't know. You don't care to see this apartment. It was a dream. And the realtor said, it's available. Literally three minutes after they said it's available, my boyfriend emailed, okay, we love it. Should we fill out an application? The realtor didn't respond for 24 hours. And then 24 hours later, they went, sorry, I was was looking for something similar for you because it's taken. And I think think that bitch gave it to someone else. (laughs) Okay. I think that bitch was gave it to someone else because I had been looking at that apartment. I had been looking about that apartment for a long time, actually, and I was looking at it until this morning when it was taken offline. So I don't trust this bitch. 
anyway, so I'm kind of devastated because that was the last nice apartment that existed. Uh, the only other thing I liked that we saw was a four-bedroom house. I'm not humble bragging. What the fuck are we going to do with this? We're renting. We're not buying a house. We're like, we yeah. don't need like, we don't need that much room. None of us are capable of cleaning that much room. There's a fuck <laughs> children's playground in the back. Like, I know I'm at the age where people want me to have kids, but you don't got to fucking <laughs> shove it down my throat. <laughs> <laughs> and then, to boot, I don't know if I used it right. Uh, I was talking to my cousin. We had a really fun conversation, but she was like, you're going to move with your boyfriend? Are you going to have, like, kids soon? And I was like, I don't know. No. I don't need them having kids. No. Not um, on purpose, anyway. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, oh, you should really see a doctor and ask them about your fertility. Because your eggs dwindle, like, substantially after <laughs> five, and you're 36. So you should see how many eggs you have. I love delicate family member. We're <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my Because I don't even know if I want to kid. I'm just like, leave me alone. So, yeah, that's why I'm drinking. I hope I hold it together because it is my topic. But I just wanted to be real with y'all because I like to be real with y'all, y'all my friends. I tell you about things I'm struggling with and I'm very stressed out, okay? Because I don't have a house. Uh, people be like, how fertile are you? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's mostly people be like, how fertile are you? Fucking shit, man. So, yeah. I want you to, like, stop at a Quick Mart, like, buy a can of soda, and somebody's like, so, how fertile are you? <laughs> no! Dude! Two times! In an Uber recently, again, this has happened in the past, I had an Uber driver tell me I would not be happy, truly happy, until I have a child. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? God, I hate people. Um... You will not yeah, truly not cause damage on the world until you have a child. <laughs> no offense to anybody with children. <laughs> oh, but I think that one of the things that might hang up Marissa and I in terms of working with children is just how easily you can screw them up. <laughs> I know. Honestly, that's a big part why I don't know if I want them. Plus, they're going to like hate me for a big chunk of their life, and I... I'm too insecure for that. Like, I think I, I may have talked about it on the podcast before, but like when I was a kid, my mom was like, you always have to have clean underwear because if you get into a car accident and you have dirty underwear, they're not going to treat you at the emergency room. And I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> and later, <laughs> I later I brought it up to my mom. She's like, I never said that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah you did, mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't think of an example, but I know my mother has said so. She wants to deny because log like later on, I applied logic to it, and I was like, "Geez, like I could just have to poop and then get into a car accident, and then I poop myself because I like lose control of my, and then what? They're just gonna throw me out? Like, <laughs> no, that a- can't be true at all. <laughs> because people go to the emergency room for duty problems. Yeah. So and they don't turn them away. Which, by the way, just gonna tell you guys. Was I considering going to the emergency room for duty problems recently? Yeah, I'm going through a lot. We've got great fans and sometimes they call to remind us. Speaking of people we won't turn away. 
let's take a couple of phone calls. <laughs> Before I say anymore. So we got our first call is from James. Um, I'll play it first and then give you some context. Okay. I'd like to send Marissa my regards. So that's James sending his regards to you, Marissa. Um, I was talking to him on the phone one day. I was telling him something about you, and he was like, send Marissa my regards. And I was like, why don't you send her your regards? Call 570-BODWOD1. James, I miss you. (laughs) If you're listening, I really do miss you. He's not. (laughs) Yeah. But tell him I said I miss him on the show, and if he would know that if he listened to our show. I'll tell him that you replied to what he said, (laughs) but he has listened to it in the show. Okay. All right. So the next one is a follow-up call. Thank God from Alex. Okay. Let's see. Hi, this is Alex calling in with a review of Umami Gorilla, the restaurant that I mentioned in a voicemail that uh, in uh, Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, the uh, you know environs that Pete and I inhabit. Um, yeah, and it's super recommended. I'm not really going to talk about the food. Um, I have. You know, I don't eat meat, but whenever I have, like, relatives over who do, uh, we still get food from Umami Gorilla, and everybody loves it. Um, they just have a variety of really wonderful things. It was started by a mother and son, uh, you know, both uh, adults, um, who watched a Netflix documentary about animal welfare in factory farms and on the spot became vegans and decided to start a restaurant. Um, so this is that kind of restaurant. Um and, you know, it's basically run by the two of them plus maybe one employee at a time, and if they're lucky, a delivery driver. Um, they work just super long hours, and they're both really colorful characters. Uh, one of the things that's kind of funny is if you're, you know, dining in the restaurant and somebody calls in with an order, there's like 50-50 odds that um, the son, who I think does most of the running of the restaurant, um, he might be excited that they got an order because then that means that they are going to make money, or he might swear because it means that they're going to be a little bit busier and they're already just so much then. Um, before they started the restaurant, they had both done a lot of work in factories, and they didn't like the working conditions there, and so they, like, helped to get people unionized or at least tried to uh, a lot of people in the area who don't seem to understand the benefits of organization. At any rate, they've been blacklisted from a bunch of factories in the area. Um, so that's the kind of uh, experience that you can expect if you go to Umami Gorilla. I used to live in southwest Baltimore, and it's like the most Baltimore place that you can eat around here that I have found in terms of, you know, just occupied with a lot of character. Um, really cool people. I think really highly of them, and I appreciate what they do. Their food is great. My spouse and I order from them at least every other week and a bit more than that sometimes. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Okay, I will say I understood most of it. There was a part that really cut out that I want to know what he said, where he said, there's a chance if you dine in and somebody calls, and then I don't know what he said. Um, The son who answers the phone will either be excited because they actually have some business, or or he might swear because they're going to be extra busy. (laughs) Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, I'm looking at them now. Sorry if you hear any clicks on your end. I was trying to find a menu. Man, I don't know how the fuck they make some of their shit. Or I don't know if they make their fake meat or they buy the fake meat and just put it into something. But they have fake pastrami. And I have never seen fake pastrami. And that sounds pretty impressive. 
yeah, that's cool. This sounds like a really niche restaurant for that area. That's like when when he said it, I was like, there's no restaurant called Umami Gorilla in <laughs> there. Um, and before we move off of this particular topic, Alex, um, Google Voice translated Umami Gorilla as Miami Grill, <laughs> <laughs> which is okay, but also money money vanilla. <laughs> I feel like it should have actually been Umami, comma, Gorilla. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have made more sense. <laughs> but fear not, we have another call from Alex. Okay. Hi, this is Alex. On a recent episode of Y'all Heard, there was discussion of what I refer to as the Arecibo signal or the Arecibo message from the, uh, after the Arecibo radio telescope. It was the first signal that human beings had deliberately sent to try and reach alien civilizations. Um, and uh, that was back in the 70s that this was sent out. Um, now, I'd been, uh, this was on my mind because I was looking through the book Cosmos by Carl Sagan on Sunday with my small child because that's what atheists do to take care of their kids on Sundays. Um, and I showed this message to my kid and we talked about what it would mean for this kind of signal to go out to the stars. We were looking for something to talk about at dinner last night and so after having heard this message brought up, you know, again, quite recently on the podcast, I thought that it would be uh, a nice uh, discussion topic for dinner time. Uh, is it a good idea for us to try and send signals to alien civilization? And, no. Um, if so, what kind of signal would it be? My small child decided that a good signal to send would be red, the color red. So, uh, <laughs> and he wanted to do this right after dinner. So after dinner, he grabbed his red marker. We went out to the deck, and he held the marker up over his head as high as he could. <laughs> and light That's from cool. the sun hit the marker, and some of those photons scattered up into the sky. And now they're going out through space. They've gone past the sun and probably made it out to the edge of the solar system by now, or at least, you know, what we would think of as that. Um, now, it's going to take a long time before they get to a nearby star. The nearest star to us is about four light years away in uh, Proxima Centauri, but that was on the other side of the Earth when the marker was held up. And so our electromagnetic signal, uh, we could plausibly get to Sirius. That'll be about six years from now. And then if the aliens hear that and they, you know, respond to us as soon as possible. Uh, we'll first hear from them when my kid is 15 years old. All right. So, um, my spouse and I, we both think that it is a really bad idea to intentionally contact alien exactly. civilizations. We figured that, um, you know, holding a marker up on the deck, that was well within our normal risk profile. But take that for what you will. Uh, based on my experience in high school, trying to make friends with people by just telling them math and science facts, uh, I don't see the scientists' approach to making friends with aliens being very successful. If they want to, yeah. you know, just share their ideas with random people, I would say the best thing that they could do is call 570-POD-WOD-1. Mm. Bye. Oh, let's give this man an award. <laughs> Beautiful, Alex. Beautiful ending there. Um, I was about to say, like, how old is Alex? Why does he have so much knowledge? Like, is Um, I would bet... I, I believe that Alex is younger than me, for sure. He, just, he might be around the same age as you. I was going to say, why does he have so much knowledge? But... Then he's an engineer, though, right? He he he's just a sponge. He just absorbs it. I mean, okay. the kind of listener that listens to our podcast is a genius. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. 
thank you for that. That was very, your children sound very adorable. But how scary is it if you hold up the red marker, it goes out to the aliens, now your kid is 15 years old, you're sitting down eating dinner, Mm -hmm. there's a knock at the door, you open the door, and it's a few aliens who are like, so you like red, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Hey. That child knew what he was doing going into yeah. it. Don't think he did it. Um, I almost want to ask you what color you would send to space, Marissa, but that's not that's not something that we have time for as we get into icebreakers. Right before icebreakers, I do feel like I need to admit this to you because you might find out eventually. Uh, when you said we had two calls from the same person, I asked, am I in trouble? <laughs> you said, what? Because I assumed someone was going to send a note to you. I was sent a note thanking me. I'm just going to admit, a lot happened in this lifetime. And did I send out the Christmas Patreon gifts very recently? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, I did. And when Mike Dominic said, thank you so much, I was like, Someone's going to thank Pete. He's going to be like, what? Okay. And he's, for as far as we know, he's the farthest away. So everybody else must have gotten by Should now. have. Okay, good, good, good. And then, like, I sent them out like yesterday, but I sent them in the month of <laughs> April. <laughs> I sent them even in, either in March or April. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't. I'm falling apart. <laughs> the last one right on time. This was just, yeah, I'm sorry. But anyway, they all got them. It just, yeah. Good things anyway. come to those who wait. Yes. Um, also, to throw more shit at you, oh, no. we're going to need an April playlist. Oh, you know what? I got that. The other day I was like, did I volunteer for that? I 100% got that. I'll get that to you by the end of the week. Good, because I was like, uh, let me take some heat off of Marissa for this one. Uh, spring songs. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, no, I got it. <laughs> Mine. Icebreaker. What is something that, like, when people talk about it, or you see an article about it, or you just generally hear the topic... You don't need to be, like, mad or disgusted, but you're just like, oh, who cares? Like, you're just so bored, or you couldn't care less. Like the Russia-Ukraine war. (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, um... I feel like a lot of times it comes from celebrity type type of things. Mm, Is Is that an appropriate answer? Yeah. I mean, just... Celebrity news in general? No, um, I used to be like, ugh, why does anybody talk about Pete Davidson? And, ugh, why does anybody talk about the Kardashians? And now it's like, oh God, they're going to talk about both of them in the same sentence? I know, (laughs) I know. (laughs) So that one, I'm just kind of like, I don't understand why this needs to exist. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... They talk about Pete Davidson just because he's what is his deal, and he just keeps woman moving up the woman ladder. And I was just like, why does Lorne Michael let him stay, even though he had to leave for rehab multiple times? 
And I realized it's probably just because he gets all this press and it makes SNL get more eyes on it. Yeah, I don't know. Why does Pete Davidson get cast in movies, though? That I do not know. While I was home at my mom's last week, she also kept asking me all sorts of questions based around (laughs) Elon Musk and Twitter. And I'm like, Mom, I don't know why anybody's talking about this. It doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) Next time your mother has questions. (laughs) don't matter about celebrities can we all skype (laughs) but that's the other thing like does elon musk count as a celebrity if he does why do we care just because he has money he's not a fun celebrity i would just hope that that conversation would turn to fun people yeah but uh yeah i guess because he has money and because he dated grimes who did you hear about their secret baby they have a second baby they do okay didn't really tell anyone about but it slipped out which i assume she did on purpose but it was via surrogate but yeah they have two babies even though they are not together huh you know you want to roll the dice i could see him being very systematic and being like i harvested your eggs and i put them in another woman (laughs) (laughs) and he's trying to be an alien so that both fits together yeah i think like like those are three people that I'm like, oh, man, this stinks. And then, yeah, throw Elon Musk on SNL with a Kardashian in the audience, and I'm just like, ugh. That Kardashian show looks like shit. Um, when the interviewer goes, who are you talking to, Kim? Does his name rhyme with meat? I'm like, oh, God, fuck this shit. <laughs> it's just like I have so many clothes that I just puked all over because that commercial comes on. <laughs> I, I had a friend over at the time, and we were drinking, and we put it on, but... All we, like, we were too hyper and drunk to, like, listen to it. But all we could do was just marvel at how weird one of the sister's faces looks. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That isn't, I'm not ugly shaming. She's beautiful. But she, like. But unnatural. Yeah. It looked like she got all this plastic surgery. And now she looks more like her, I assume by now, elderly mom. But she's the same age as the other girls, but she just like got so many touch ups that she looks so weird. Anyway. If so, you're wondering, I'm about Yeah, like Oh, not Courtney. Courtney is not anyone. Chloe 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 if you're wondering, I'm talking about Chloe. She looks like her mother. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yes? I just kinda like, you know, when you talk about other people, I'm kinda like, can we talk about more interesting people? Yeah, I uh, don't, don't fault you for that. If you want to hear about some really uninteresting but enraging people, keep keep eyes on our Patreon when I review the ultimatum. I think we should have another podcast. We should make a podcast network, which is our podcast, and we give Alex a podcast where he can do like a TMZ celebrity style thing, but about scientists and stuff. That's I love it. I love it because yeah, we need to hear about smart people. <laughs> I'm like a, become a trash bitch. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, that's not a segue to my topic because I didn't answer the the icebreaker. Speaking of trash bins, this isn't. Oh, a I thought thing. you said I've become a trash bitch. <laughs> I mean, might as well. Uh, I should not be so tired of this because this is good, I guess. Well, no, it doesn't apply to me because I don't have a fucking yard. But I'm not gonna lie, when I have a yard, it sounds gross. 
I just was like on Instagram and someone was like easy composting tips. And for some reason, when anyone talks about composting, I'm just like, shut up. <laughs> Who cares? But I feel bad because I'm like, that's supposed to be good. But I'm like, one, ew. Two, shut up. Yeah, it's... um. No, but I know it's good. I know I should like composting, but I just feel like too many people tell me about composting. Yeah, it's kind of like talking about your recycling. You know, it's yeah. like, just do it and keep it to yourself. Like <laughs> Exactly. Like I'm either I was going to say it's like talking about pooping, but I know that you probably would be like, oh, let me hear more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, if I want to compost, I will. You telling me you compost is not going to make me compost. I do recycle, though. I do care about the environment, but composting is just... I don't understand how composting would help you in your current situation. Oh, yeah. In my apartment, it wouldn't. My Uh, closest thing that I get to composting is I put perishable scraps into a container, and then I throw them all out at once, and the container is sealed so that it doesn't stink up my apartment. Is that considered composting? I think if I then took that, and it was like biodegradable material, and then I used it for something then I feel like that might be composting. You know what? I'll cover composting next episode, Marissa. Don't worry. (laughs) My father, he puts uh, peels and coffee filters in in a big pit he made, and then I think he uses it to fertilize once it breaks down. But I don't got time for that. No, that was a joke. I don't not have time for that. I'm not going to learn how to do that. Marissa, we learned earlier this episode, you don't have time for that. I don't have time for anything. Let me tell you. It's what else Christmas in March, Marissa. <laughs> well, let me tell you what else I don't have time for, but actually I do because I'm doing a whole topic on it. Uh, Pete, I, I feel like I know the answer to this, but you don't watch SNL, right? I don't. Unless okay. you tell me to watch something. And, like, you're a really good gauge. Because Marissa doesn't go like, oh my god, SNL was so funny last night, you gotta watch this skit. Marissa will tell me I have to watch something on SNL, maybe like, if if it's frequent, it's like once a month, and it's not. Yeah, but not even. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, I don't remember the last thing I told you to watch past that, uh, past that Mario, no, not Mario Kart, past that, um, Don't Stop, I told you to watch Don't Stop Eleven, right? No. Maybe I didn't. Never mind. That's not important. <laughs> um, so we're. I was watching it the other day, and this is the second time this sketch uh, has recurred. It's where, basically, it's like you're seeing a kid like texting with someone else, and in the middle of his texting, he's just like scrolling TikTok. So it's basically a chance for like every cast member to make fun of some TikTok trend. So I saw something that I found really funny, but I was like, what the fuck is this based on? Is this a thing? So can I put can I put that in my list too? What? Oh, TikTok? Things I don't want to hear about. Yes, yes, you can. <laughs> so um so obviously this is not a visual media, so I'm gonna have to talk through a couple of TikTok videos. But basically this sketch, there was moments where Chloe Feynman, there are two versions of her. There's her where she's like has like a dude wig on where she's technically she's trying to be a dude and then it's her with a (laughs) with a towel over her head which i think she's trying to like 
like very lazily be a woman, just like the towel supposed to like signify long hair. And she looks really like sad and she's like, I miss you so much, baby. And then the other character's like, I miss you too. And then the guy character's like, come back to me. And the, the girl with the towel on her head is like, I can't because I'm dead. And then the guy character's like, what? And then he like starts crying. And I was like, what the, f- is this based on a thing? <sighs> like, I know like what I just explained is not like, you're like, what, what are you saying? But my point is just like, I was watching her trying to emulate TikTok and it was just this like gibberish conversation. And then it was a close up of a man's face crying. And I was and in like, a different situation. I feel like that would be funny, but because it's on TikTok and I'm just imagining stupid filters and stuff. Well, yeah, exactly. I don't like it. <laughs> so I follow Chloe Feynman who did that skit and uh, she posted a clip of it on Instagram and she was like thank you blah 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 for giving me this role in the skit um, at Calvin Reef Official is the star of my favorite account so I click on this guy and I see this kid I don't know how old he is oh he's 21 he looks 17 to me mm-hmm He's just like, he'd be considered like a conventionally handsome young man. He, for some reason, has disturbingly rosy cheeks. Uh, I just feel like that matters because I'm so distracted <laughs> by how, like, cherubish he looks. And without even looking at his content, he just has a billion videos and they're just close-ups of his face. So let me, let me again, talk you through a very short one of his <laughs> fucking video <laughs> let's see um so this one it's one about suicide that's this, too long so to this tell. is interesting because i like that he's providing titles for people who can't hear i mean yeah that... but also i feel like he's being a little elitist by assuming everybody can read <laughs> i mean you know what that is <laughs> that is true okay oh okay now this is upsetting i wish everyone guys Please, if you're listening to this and you're at all questioning what I'm talking about, please look at Calvin, R-E-E-F underscore official. So there, why this is upsetting is because I, I watched like 30 of his videos and it took me a while to be like, is he joking? Like, is he self-aware that this is absurd? But I don't think he is. Right. Because then, like, if he was making a joke and SNL made a sketch doing what he does, then SNL, in theory, would sort of just be stealing from him. Yeah, exactly. But no, it's so disgustingly sincere, yet so dumb. So, this is a skit, a very short, you know, skit or whatever you call it, TikTok video. Mers is old. Yeah, I know. I am old. (laughs) This is a skit that we used to do on, on the showboat. Shut up. Okay, so basically this TikTok involves three people. Again, no talking. It's just this guy mouthing words, and he's playing the different parts. So Chloe Feynman, in her skit on SNL, put a towel over her head when she was a woman. The reason why I thought this was a joke was because when this guy is playing his quote-unquote ex-girlfriend, he has a T-shirt over his head. Like, ooh, that's the long hair to signify I'm a woman. So it looks absurd. Anyway... So let me talk you through this TikTok. Ex-girlfriend. Are you proud? I ate three times today. Her new boyfriend. So what? And then there's this song playing in the background. 
where like the chorus is go little rock star so then like the ex-boyfriend is is mouthing like oh yeah go little rock star you ate three times today so i guess this is implying that his ex-girlfriend had an eating disorder and the new boyfriend doesn't you know like doesn't really give her the credit for eating three times um but the ex-boyfriend does yes and when the ex-boyfriend is mouthing go little rock star he's crying (laughs) okay and uh yeah there's another one where her new boyfriend squeezing her tummy you so chubby and then it's me knowing she won't eat for a little while after and again this guy is crying basically almost all of these videos are this guy by himself doing a close-up face acting out a skit where he ends up crying so this makes me like the i'm dead one oh yeah a lot more <laughs> okay i'm glad because yeah it was funny when i saw it even though i had no context <laughs> So I watched that and I was like, what the fuck is this? And yes, I am old. So I just want to take you through this journey. I was like, I need to do it. I need to like cover this, but I don't even know what I'm covering. What the fuck is this? Is this a thing people do? So I'm Googling like, what's up with crying on TikTok? What's (laughs) Calvin Reese deal? What's the deal with emotional TikToks? Like I'm just like going all over the place. And then I find this interview with Calvin Reese and someone asked him, like, what do you, you know, what do you, what inspiration do you do? Oh, yeah, that (laughs) what, what thoughts or what inspiration do you take going into a new TikTok video? And he says, I do POV videos, usually emotional. I enjoy making content people can relate to in an emotional way. So they don't feel alone through those hard times. So I was like, oh, POV video. Okay, is this like what you call it? So I, I Googled POV TikTok. So what is a POV TikTok video? Basically, I mean, you might already know, POV stands for point of view. But these, this is like a... Marissa, a has, Marissa has a master's in fine arts. Dr. Bond. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying my best to make this not ridiculous. Remember, I glasses of wine. Um, so... This is a very, I guess, popular type of TikTok video uh, where creators make videos with the POV hashtag, uh, which aims to showcase a situation that is unfolding in real time, where the viewer feels like they are right there in the room watching a situation as it happens, and it takes place from your point of view as the audience. And I looked, and there are a fucking shit ton on TikTok, And they all make me as uncomfortable as Calvin Reef's video. There's a lot of crying. There's a lot of emotional content. So I was like, why are they so popular? And this is, I don't mean to be rude by putting you on the spot with this question, but this is different than front-facing camera videos? Okay, so you can have any front-facing camera video where you're just like, hey, let me walk you through this recipe. But this is you... Like, putting you in the middle of a conflict. Like, you're either talking directly to the audience as if you're going through a conflict with them, or you're, like, doing a little skit where the audience is, is seeing you argue with yourself in real time. Okay. So this is kind of like a subcategory. 
Yeah, so it's just a front-facing camera video, but usually emotional and just, like, makes you feel immersed in a situation. Uh, so POV TikTok videos are so popular because they leverage TikTok to appeal to shared human experiences, like joy, despair, embarrassment, or sometimes laughter. Like having uh, an ex-girlfriend who had an eating disorder? Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, experts would say that, at least for now, this is something that sets TikTok apart from other social media apps. Though I would say you can make a POV reel on Instagram, but whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but basically, POVs appeal to a common humanity. They put the viewer in the messy center of an emotional situation. God, who the hell wants to be there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now I am going to intro this clip i'm gonna put that does have audio thank fucking god uh so tiktoker at coronate made a pov uh captioned hashtag pov you don't have a lunch at school and i offer you my entire lunch because i want you to be okay and in this video the viewer is themselves like placed in the situation as the student that doesn't have a lunch and uh, the TikToker speaks directly to them. And now I will play the audio. You have a lunch? No, dude, seriously. I have, like, bananas, Oreos. If you want anything, I can give it to you. Yeah, no, it's it's literally no problem. It's fine. I prom Okay. Two things. One, I'm not well-versed in TikTok. I don't know why it seemed to cut out while he was still talking. That annoys me. Uh, two, a child has multiple bananas, but what? Yeah. It also sounds like you're trying to trick a kid. <laughs> like, if I didn't see, like, if I didn't take your word for the fact that this person is young, I'd be like, you get the hell away from that person. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you can see them, you know, on TikTok that they're very young, but, um. I know what that banana means. <laughs> So this creator said, I took it from my own experience, which was like, I didn't get to eat that much in high school. And if I did, it was from somebody else, the creator said. So I would always feel like people need to be more generous, especially toward those who are really struggling. So I will say, this one upset me the least. I still don't Marissa, know why. I don't. I still don't understand. No, no, no. I was going to say, I still hate the whole idea. But it upset me the least. Because I don't know how the fuck this Calvin Reese, Reese character cries all the time. <laughs> fucking videos. Um, so is this like a societal attempt to teach young people about empathy? I think so. Yes. Because we can't teach it in schools or anything like that. Yeah, I think it's young people wanting, wanting, yeah, wanting empathy from others or trying to give empathy to others honestly like i cannot see my generation ever doing this but i think the new generation is less there's less of a stigma around mental health and struggles i mean i find it fucking weird i would like to use that situation i would much rather like again maybe this is our old generation but like i was a kid who used to be in school and sometimes i didn't have much to eat and Occasionally, somebody would like share a banana or some Oreos, and it really made a difference in my life. Mm -hmm. That would speak to me more than watching somebody pretend that they're sharing food with me. <laughs> like <laughs> that is true because that person is not giving you anything tangible. <laughs> um, 
and, it, and the uh, the understanding is that you are going to understand the message at the end of the TikTok. Yeah. Which, as we all know, with communication, sometimes you can veer off in other directions. Like somebody could be like, "Who's this mother con- condescending motherfucker trying to give me food?" <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Like I said, so this person with the lunches, I could tell they were being sincere. I didn't really understand the need for that video. But they look very sincere. But I told you, I watched like 30 Calvin Reed videos. I didn't understand whether he was joking or not. And he had a fucking obsession with doing videos about girls with eating disorders, which is also very annoying to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it was very weird. Um, and it's self-serving in the end. Oh, absolutely. So there was this whole, there was this whole section I was going to go on to about guys who do that video, but it's like a role play about consent, where it's like a guy being like, "Are you ready? Are you sure?" And then he starts taking his shirt off, and then he's like, "Oh, you look like you're not ready yet. Let's just go to Chick Fil A." <laughs> and a whole bunch of people doing that, and I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing? Just trying to like seem really fucking cool?" <laughs> I was like, this is the dumbest shit ever. And it was basically an article. And is it just an accident that you're referencing Chick-fil-A at the end? Or are you a hardcore Christian? (laughs) Wait, what? Or are you a hardcore Christian? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I I don't... I wonder it could be either or. But, yeah, I, I... But I didn't delve into that because I found a better article. So, basically, I'm going to still talk about something tangentially related but i'm going to talk about men crying on tiktok and women crying on tiktok and two interesting just just looks into tiktok i mean if if you're a fucking tiktok ace gen z or just stop listening because you're gonna be like what's this fucking old bitch talking about but um this first part is going to be about men crying in tiktok the rise of hashtag pain the rise of hashtag pain talk. Sad selfies for you and your boys. When 19-year-old Roberto launched his TikTok account in the spring of 2021, he started by posting videos joking about what it's like to be skinny and being told to lift more or the experience of skipping finals to party. But a few months later, struggling to get over his ex, he decided to make a different kind of video. Captioned a letter to her, The clip shows his despondent blinking eyes, along with the text, quote, It took a lot of maturing to go from only wanting you to only wanting what's best for you. First of all, fuck you. No, no, all these guys are not so fucking, (laughs) so fucking, like, I don't know, mature and, like, so in tune with their emotions, but whatever. Let's keep going on. Uh, So basically, TikTok has a lot of these crying dude videos or dudes being really vulnerable. Not saying there's anything wrong with dudes being being, being vulnerable, but like this, but this type there, of video is interesting. There is something wrong with a dude pretending to be vulnerable or even being vulnerable in a manipulative way. And that's what's happening with these videos. <laughs> well, yeah. so let's get into this dudes crying on TikTok. So TikTok has opened a new venue for young men to find supporters from others for their emotional vulnerability through the hashtags pain talk and sad talk. Uh, although these videos don't always feature a guy crying, pain talk videos 
do usually have a few things in common. There's somber music, followed by text over a sad image, uh, a guy waiting for a train, sitting in a thunderstorm, or maybe tearing up to Olivia Rodrigo. But the most consistent through line is a guy expressing some sort of alienation. Uh, to therapists like Brittany Morris, uh, there's something about TikToks that has, quote, an amazing impact in allowing people to feel safe and showing vulnerability find community, and feel supported. Much of this conveniently lines up with the decreasing stigma around mental health, especially for men. But Morris suspects that the rise of hashtag pain talk is mostly a product of young men seeing their peers posting emotionally driven content and feeling secure enough to try it themselves. Quote, there are obviously upsides to seeing more men and male-identified individuals being open and vulnerable, Morris explains. It could create more empathy in our society, which is never a bad thing. My guess would be it's also because of men seeing other people getting a lot of followers Mm -hmm. for having a sad video and them following suit. But that's just me. Uh, So the pandemic has also likely played a large role in the recent evolution and quote unquote masculinization of crying on social media says Tara Well, an associate professor of psychology at Columbia University. In her book, Mirror Meditation, which examines how reflections influence our emotional health, well suggests the decrease in face-to-face contact, combined with increased contact contact in masks, has made people want to post content of their faces to compensate for that loss. She says, research shows that we need face-to-face contact in real time to process our emotions. Crying social media content might be a bid to get this reflection. Well explains. Warning, though, that this can often backfire because this will never truly meet the needs for in-person human reflection. Um, after a close examination of pain talk, Well notes that the music, text, and high level of stylization actually distances the creators from their own emotions. She says that these men are objectifying themselves. That is, they're treating themselves as things to be looked at instead of deeply connecting with others. Um, The favorites and comments uh, of their videos may produce a short-lived dopamine hit, but face-to-face support will always be more impactful. Um, What? I just said, yeah. Like when... You can watch these videos as much as you want, but if somebody starts crying in front of you and you just go like, uh, and you just yeah. literally try to swipe on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other experts like therapist Nina Lal are also wary of the rise of pain talk, given the similarities to past trends. Case in point, in 2019, uh, Indian TikTok, so TikTok Indian men saw a number of young men posting similar crying videos, which at first seemed like genuine examples of emotional expression. But Lal says the trend was actually motivated by a Bollywood archetype of a man wronged romantically who later seeks revenge. Boy, oh boy, are there some men crying so fucking hard. <laughs> that trend and i'm like what the fuck is happening so long story short is 
these men crying on TikTok at face value might seem like, oh, men are feeling more comfortable being vulnerable. But it could be, one, it could be a ploy for clout. But two, it could just, excuse me, it could just be playing off of something else that really just, like, caught on and they think is cool and it's a trend. Like, it's not necessarily, like, saying some huge message. Yeah. Um, and, like, this guy, oh, what did I say his name was? Trump. Calvin Reef, like, if he wasn't this fucking cherubest 21-year-old with rosy cheeks, people definitely wouldn't be watching his videos. But shit, does he have a lot of fucking people watching him cry on camera. So, now I go to my final piece that is fascinating to me. Because I was like, why does this exist? And then I was like, this is stupid, but I didn't unpack it in my mind. And then I read about people unpacking it, and I was like, whoa, what the fuck? So, let me tell you about the TikTok trend of white women uploading short clips of themselves crying. Uh, I don't know if there still is, but there was a TikTok trend of... See, I don't know... I wonder if there are any non-white women, but yeah, predominantly it was white women. And in the first few moments of the video, the TikTokers would pretend to be in a state of emotional distress. They would be crying, seeming really upset. And then at the snap of a finger, they would stop crying entirely and just like go back to normal. Uh, so apparently this TikTok crying trend started gaining traction in the summer of 2021 uh, with women drawing a significant number of contributions in a short time frame. Uh, Apparently, prominent TikTokers, a couple of prominent TikTokers, took part in the trend. I could read them to you. (laughs) But we won't know who the hell they were anyway. Yeah, so there's a couple that that did it, but who cares? Um, So in these clips, uh, most of these video feature some audio called Turn It Off that originated with the TikToker Barbalas9296. Um, so basically they all reuse the same audio, which mm-hmm. if you are on TikTok, you know that like it's all recycled audio fucking over and over and over again. Um, so it's always mostly women using that audio, crying for a few moments and snapping out of it. Um, so some of the clips also have these white women dramatically letting their tears roll down their faces while specifically maintaining perfect eye contact with the camera only to flash an ice cold smile in the last few seconds um so i was just like this is real dumb but i didn't think anything of it and then i went on to read that these clips drew a great deal of criticism as some argued White women have a history of abusing their privilege, which makes the videos a poignant reminder of deeply flawed power structures. Right. It is worth mentioning that currently, I don't know when this article came out, but at the time of the article, 64,200 videos had been posted on TikTok that used that audio and like followed the same general construct. Um, so here are just some thoughts from some fellow TikTokers who are totally opposed to this trend. Um, one social media user named Alex Webster argued in a tweet uh, that the TikTok crying trend does have a coincidental advantage, namely that it demonstrates the tendency 
where white women falsely position themselves as the sole victims of social inequality. As Alex wrote, the videos double as proof. As such, they can be used in real-life situations to back up an argument. I don't, I don't know about that argument exactly, but... Um, Farida Abike Ayamidi says that habitual crying makes white women a threat to black people. She says, the way white women weaponize their tears is the scariest, most dangerous thing ever. And I don't think a lot of white women understand that a lot of black people are most scared of them than anyone else. Then again, maybe there is an understanding, and that is also weaponized. Um, someone else says, white I women... Like, I feel like that... Maybe I don't have a right to disagree, but... Like... White women crying, I feel like it doesn't only affect black people. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, it affects, it affects like everybody who's crying is just very <laughs> questionable. <laughs> oh, yeah, crying in general. But, um, as I will bring up later, I mean, historically, white women crying have led to, to issues even legal issues or even death to black people historically. Not not simply crying, but I mean like white women seeming like a victim. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. But like that's the thing, I don't think like when I hear something when I hear what you just said, I don't think of just somebody crying staring at a camera. Well no, that's what I was saying. That's why like my mind didn't go here. So this is like interesting because I was just like, these fucking people are crazy. And then, like, people are taking this out of these videos. I'm giving people the benefit of the doubt. I'm assuming that I'm making these videos thinking of that. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's interesting that this brought it up to minorities. Um, and uh, I'll read a couple more. Uh, these videos are particularly disturbing because white women's tears have historically caused, caused harm, violence, and death to black people. Online people have said the videos recall the violence done to Emmett Till, the 14-year-old boy who was lynched in 1955 after a white woman falsely accused him of offending her. Very sad story. My gosh. Um, but that's and, not tears. No, I know. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I do. I'm not like, yeah. No, no, no. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm saying it's fascinating. I was just like, what the fuck is all this? And one more. Uh, the trend of white women crying on TikTok and then snapping back to normal is not funny, actually, one user wrote. As a black person, I am constantly endangered by white women tears. The power those border works have over a black person's life is shown time and time again in cases, again, mentioned like Emmett Till. Um, people also will mention that more recent examples of white women's Tears causing harm include Amy Cooper, who called the police on a black bird watcher for being in the park. Uh, I mean, I will say that one was mostly just a woman crying hysterically. Um, or the white woman who called the police about the barbecue in a park in Oakland. And um, I guess as one user pointed out, there's an anti-racism book called White Tears, Brown Scars on this exact topic. Uh now, all of this said, again, I'm not saying that trend is about this or it's not. I, I don't want, I also like, I know we have white women who listen. Like, I'm not saying like white women's tears are evil things that we all must fear. 
I'm just saying it's so interesting that something so fucking random on TikTok has so many, like, so much discussion around it because I want to end on this point that according to Vice, this, this crying trend thing is said to have originated from a bizarre plot line in the CW show The Vampire Diaries in which characters can quote-unquote turn off emotions at the drop of a hat. The same sound used in these white women crying videos, which includes a deep voice growling, turn it off, followed by an ominous beat, comes from a clip of the Vampire's Diary show. Shows. Um, yeah, which is used in all these TikTok videos. So sometimes I do also wonder if trends last so long and come so far that nobody even knows where they originate anymore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's why I wanted to end on that, because I really wanted you to just think, like, why are these people crying? But, like, it does potentially start somewhere innocent, but then get... And that's the thing. If I read all those tweets and arguments and posts and all that stuff, and then I read that it came from the Vampire Diaries, I'd be like, white people are stupid, and that's just (laughs) the end of this. Like... (laughs) So yeah, I would say there's no like overall theme or thesis for my. Um, I think there's there's definitely a manipulation in crying. Like yeah. you can you can you can have a discussion or an argument or what have you, or you can cry, and yeah. like a lot of people don't know how to react when somebody's crying, and mm-hmm. so they just try to appease the person, yeah. and that's the thing. Like. If I'm watching a video where somebody's crying and then they immediately stop crying, I'm going to be like, that person is nuts. Yeah, yeah. Like, if anybody's watching the girl from Plainville on Hulu, like, there's a lot of situations where you see this main character being, like, emotionally distraught. And then, like, a second later, she's, like, smiling for yearbook photos or taking selfies or something like that. And you're like, this girl was messed up. Yeah, she's kind of like a sociopath or something. Yeah, so again, I just really want to make it clear. I'm not necessarily saying anyone who did this crying thing on TikTok is like... It's racist. (laughs) Yeah, racist or a sociopath. I'm just saying that it's so interesting because when these people do these crying videos, they can be taken, I think like you mentioned before, in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Like You can be like, oh, this person's being sincere. Oh, this is a commentary. Oh, this is racist. Oh, I remember that from the Vampire Diaries. (laughs) And it is always so difficult with communication because if a black person was like i'm gonna co-opt this from white women and i'm going to start crying you know like now this person's trying to make a commentary but somebody could see that as somebody who's trying to be like these white women crying like that's why that's why all this stuff is just exhausting because everybody's trying to figure out what other people are thinking and i don't know i wish we were all just moving in the right direction (laughs) So, everyone, I will just say, I have a TikTok. I'm not going to plug it because I don't do enough with it. Um, But I have a TikTok where I post some slightly Victorian-themed stuff. And it will recommend stuff to me. And all this ever recommends to me, I'm like, fuck you. I only... I'm not saying, ooh, I'm too cool to look at TikTok. I look at Victorian stuff on TikTok. But I spent so much time looking at stuff I wouldn't normally see on TikTok this week. And I want to die. Yeah, your algorithm's screwed. There was, like, I was watching another POV video that I almost sent to you, and then I was like, why does this even exist? It was this kid trying to, like, role-play as a father, 
And it's, again, there's no audio. It's just like, I mean, there's just music and they're like mouthing words. And it's like, dad? And the dad comes in and then leaves really quickly. And then the girl's like, dad, can you come here for a minute? And he comes in and and she's like, why am I bleeding out of? And then he's like, go ask your mom. And that's the end of the video. And what am I supposed to take from that? Yeah. Like, it didn't even put the dad in a bad light. It just made the dad seem overwhelmed. And I'm like, what is what is the mess? Is there even a message? Like that look that seriously, like, aside from mentioning the word blood, that sounds like a scene out of Full House. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. like, I don't what am I doing with this? So I do feel like it's just a lot of people like, oh, man, that person who did this crying video gets a lot of likes. I should yeah. do that stuff, too. I don't give people credit to really be like, oh, yeah, I got to show the Internet my, my hopes and dreams. Yeah. Don't show anybody your hopes and dreams, guys. <laughs> just keep them to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're just going to fail anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pete. But yeah, so I, I'm disgusted. I don't, I mean, I told you earlier that my cousin was asking me how fertile I am. I mean, after this, <laughs> I want a child. <laughs> you should start a TikTok where you start crying about fertility. <laughs> which, which, by the way, is not funny, but Marissa doing it is funny. No, yeah, infertility is not funny, but me me doing it is just absurd. I, I, and then I'm at sorry. the end of the video, you just offer like a, a smile, like you turn off the tears and you smile and you go, I don't want a baby anyway. <laughs> I'll stop talking about this in a minute, but my cousin was like talking all about that, and I was like, "Can I see something scandalous?" I don't even know if I want a baby. <laughs> and she was like, "What?" And I was like, "You're gonna regret that one." Yeah, <laughs> that one's gonna find its way to mom. <laughs> uh, so, guys, I hate TikTok. I'm old, and uh, cry in your own time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, TikTok's a young man's game. A young person's game. See, but it stinks. It is a young person's game. But my Victorian video has got more views in yeah. like the five minutes of using TikTok than months of Instagram. So that's why I keep it because I'm like, I think I got to put my shit on TikTok, but it makes me hate myself. <laughs> and then I remember I did something. I made a skit and it was like, I made up a fake name for a butler that was off screen and I was just like screaming at the butler and I was dressed like a Victorian or something. And some like definitely a child was like, like Phineas and Ferb question mark or something. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's another like weird thing about just like digital communication. It's like there are references out there that, you know, you can make without even knowing that you're making them. And then people are like, Championing, championing you for that and you're like what <laughs> yeah i was just like i don't even like i, I i've heard the words but I, I was just like oh i wish i could ban children <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's really like studying communication before they post a tiktok video you know like yeah. like when i'm teaching in my classes i'm like you know I'm teaching about like connotation and denotation and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, yeah, we could call the cops pigs in the thing that we're writing, but we need to understand that somebody's going to have a different emotional reaction to that than we expect them to. (laughs) 
Yep, so uh, if you're an adult on TikTok, call us at 570-POD-1-1. If somehow a Gen Zer slipped through the cracks and listened to our podcast, also call us at 570-POD-1-1 and tell me how old I am. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna make that fake phone call then. <laughs> You're old. You're so old. <laughs> Sound like Anna Delvey in the show Finding Anna. I don't know what that means. I'm, okay. I'm, see, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> that is a new Netflix show based on the real life scammer Anna Delvey, who I think might have made a fake accent for herself. Um,. Guys, if you heard Pete's accent and you're like, he did sound like Anna Zelvey, slide into my DMs. It's time for plugs. It's time for So Pete, plugs. I think we decided today we're going to do anti-plugs. Do you still want to do that or am I just angry? Yeah, yeah. Um, would you like me to go first? Mine's a bit of a hot take. Go ahead. I don't like the Batman. <gasps> no, I didn't watch it yet. I'm gonna watch it because I want to like it. You're gonna like it, of course. You're gonna like it. <laughs> oh, okay. I do. I'll, I'll watch your R packs and anything. Yeah, but I was just like, there's a few things that I will. I mean, I, I say, will pose. Of course, is unacceptable. But continue. Sorry. And you can determine answers to these questions while you're watching, and I don't think that it's gonna deviate from your experience. Mm-hmm. First. Does his hair have to be like that? My aunt, like, well, I was in the group chat with my with my family, and someone was like, "I love it. I love our pet Robin Pattinson." And my aunt was like, "He looked greasy the whole time." And yeah, I, he doesn't look like a rich person at all. <laughs> I mean, isn't it supposed to highlight his depression? It's supposed to. Um, it's supposed to hit on, I think, a version of Gotham City and Batman that we're just not familiar with that hasn't been dramatized yet um and so i think that's why it's a little difficult to connect to but also how old is zoe kravitz uh i think she's a little younger than me let me see why how old do you think she i just assumed she was older no she's 33 yeah she's younger than me She's awfully skinny. I worry about her. <laughs> but I think she's always been. In watching this this movie, I was like, I'm concerned. And and again, I'm not worried about Zoe Kravitz's body, guys. That's not what I'm saying. I'm worried about Catwoman's body swinging around the city and stuff. Oh, like yeah. I want her to have like you know some padding just in case. But <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a part. Where Batman gets tossed around and you're like, he's dead, okay? He's he's dead, period. <laughs> but he's a vampire. And then on top of this, I was like, oh, yeah, this is what I always wanted. Batman starring in a, a, a movie about organized crime. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, this sucks. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to like And I watched it. all two and a half hours of it. <laughs> and then there was a part where I was like, Wow, this was interesting. This is probably the end, right? No, there's 40, 50 minutes left. Oh, my God. Yeah, I... uh, The last thing I will put to you is... Tell me if you think that that question mark in the coffee would be preserved based on how roughly (laughs) the police treat the Riddler. 
and that'll all make sense <laughs> when you watch it. <laughs> okay. I will let you go. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to watch it on Tuesday. So maybe if we do our pod on Wednesday, I'll have takes. I didn't want to do a whole Patreon on, on why I didn't like it because I thought that's just, you're, you're just being whiny. I mean, or we could do it together and you can wait till I do it. Till I do it? Till I watch it. Speaking of Patreon, Marissa, let's talk about your anti-plug. Yeah, so I am going to anti-plug the movie that I actually reviewed, uh, and Marissa reviews The Ultimatum. This is a very talked-about Netflix show. It's a reality show, again, hosted by Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey. What the fuck? They hosted Love is Blind. Do we need them more to talk about how to be married? Um, This is basically where... uh, a boyfriend and girlfriend, one of them has given the other one an ultimatum. So either the girl or the guy had said, marry me or get the fuck out of here. And the way the show is, is um, they have, they go there, then they get to meet all the couples. Then they live three weeks with a person they hit it off with. So they like, they like are supposed to find someone to date for three weeks. So I'm uh, sorry, just to clarify, this is... A whole bunch of couples. Mm-hmm. So the person that I'm supposed to find that I kick things off with is another half of a couple. Yes. Okay. It's not like there's some single people floating around that are just no. like interesting. Yeah. God forbid. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because they're all in the same room by grade. It's that's sarcastic. Uh, they're all in the same room. So you're watching your significant other date other people. And then, yeah, you see who wants to pair up. They live with that person for three weeks. After those three weeks, you go back with your original partner for three weeks. And then you decide whether you want to become engaged with your original partner or end up with this new person or just go the fuck home. Yeah. Um, I hated it. I'm not going to delve too much because, again, my review is on Patreon. But I just reviewed the first episode. I have watched the whole fucking season because I hate myself. Um, it is basically, I went into the show thinking it was me older people, maybe like women who want to have kids and they're almost at the age where they can't have kids anymore. Or just like, a man Marissa really wanted to see herself in this show. <laughs> yeah. I was very afraid. I did see myself in the show partially and, and what happened was very upsetting, which if you heard the, if you hear the review, you'll hear a little bit of it. Um, but, or like men who have been dating the same girl for like a whole bunch of years and are like, come on, like, what are we doing here? No, it's all people like in their early fucking twenties who I'm just like, why do you want to get married anyway? But anyway, they're all fucking horrible fucking people and a whole bunch of people just end up getting married because they feel desperate. But how the fuck can you feel desperate when you're 20 fucking four and one guy definitely took an attack at me. (laughs) <laughs> was like, was like, I gave my girlfriend an ultimatum, but like we can't see eye to eye because she doesn't want to have kids, and I just want to have kids. But like, that's I all wanna... I want to do is have kids. But then he's like, "What? I'm gonna be 36 without kids?" And I'm like, "Shots fired, bitch!" <laughs> like I am 36 without kids. Shut the fuck up. Uh, yeah, so it was a horrible show full of horrible people. Also, Nick Lachey and What's Your Face Lachey, I don't think I have a good marriage, and I think they keep <laughs> making 
reality shows just to try and make themselves feel better. So if you like hate watching, watch The Ultimatum. I uh, was listening to some podcast recently. It could, for some reason, it's jumping into my head, High and Mighty with John Gabris. And, uh, but like, whatever podcast it was, they were talking about how people get married too young because they can't afford to get a home and they can't afford to like move in with other people in some ways. And so like getting married and then moving into each other, moving in with each other, which is expected is sort of like, it's like an adult step that you can take. That's cheap in a way like it, mm-hmm. getting married is, is, is not like relocating or yeah, buying a house or, you know, like any yeah. other number of indicators that, that might demonstrate adulthood. And that this was just like sort of one of the reasons why people get married too early, that they're trying to grow up and like look like adults, even though they can't get a decent job or, or anything. Like, and, and I was like, wow, yeah, that's an interesting way to look at that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can totally see that. And I definitely think that's at least why one of the couples did it. I just remember so there were these two couples. They come in with their partners. You don't they don't look like they have horrible partners, but it's the part where they start dating around. Yeah. And they meet these two people, and I just wanted to die. Like, I, I've told you how much I just hate, like, fucking generic statements when people are like, I like oh, music. this is, yeah, this one's in her review, guys. So for oh. as low as $1 a month, you can hear Marissa's hot take on the ulti- okay. ultimatum. I wouldn't even say anymore, but yeah, <laughs> I, I was filled with so much fucking rage. I think I had to stop it midway through. It was my favorite part of uh, the review, so yeah. <laughs> And also, also just the size that Marissa makes. <laughs> Maybe I'll re-listen to my own because I'm curious. I don't remember. But uh, yeah, guys. So uh, I want to thank you for listening. Um, you can call us at five seven zero Podwad one anytime, or slide into my DMs at Riss Vandal and Pete. Where can they email us? You can email us at shout at yallheard dot me. Uh, you can also. Leave us some reviews wherever. If you leave one that's not on iTunes, let us know, and we'll go find it and see what you have to say. Yeah. Um, also, if you're a Patreon subscriber, I will sincerely ask that if you haven't reviewed us yet, please do. I mean, we have, like, you know, star reviews, but we haven't had, like, a review with, like, words in, like, a year. Yeah. Or two years. So, yeah, if you don't mind just sparing a moment, uh, that'd be much appreciated. That's it, everybody. Say bye.